welcome to Dear Desiree Podcast. Yay! Well, hello. Alrighty, we're continuing on with answering questions that were posed on Dear Desiree Podcast on Facebook and other platforms. And the next question says that they would like to have guidance on their career path and they say, career path, and my purpose in this life is big right now, so I could definitely use some insight. Well, it's not surprising because, man, right now we are in some big dick energy. I'll tell you that for sure. The thing about wanting that kind of a life that you are dreaming of, that big energy that you're dreaming of, is that you also must be able to, to be prepared to receive it. Are you prepared to receive? It's not enough to want it. You got to also be able to receive it. Have you made space in your life to receive this bigness of yourself? Your life is big right now. So the insight that you're asking for feels like you're asking like, whew, like how, how do I, how do I prepare for this? Right? I remember when, when I was, um, had just, I was single. I had just gotten out of a domestic violence uh, relationship. I should say a marriage that I was experiencing domestic violence and drug addiction. And excuse me, I remember feeling like I wasn't sure how the fuck I was going to take care of six kids by myself. All I knew is that I was meant to do more than to be known as or believe myself to be a drug addict alone period I knew there was more because I had goals before drugs took over I had drug I had goals before domestic violence took over I had goals before homelessness I had goals before kids so those things did not die within me so I needed to prepare my foundation my foundation was like <laughs> I was on cold ground, man, and I was getting ready to dig into this cold ground in order to set some kind of a foundation for myself because I didn't know what I was doing. I had a lot of responsibilities and it was very overwhelming to me. I remember when I, I was on welfare and food stamps and I had um, the medical, the organ health plan. And I was taking care of it in that way. And the aid was temporary. So the, the goal is to become self-sufficient. With seven people, I would need to have made, like the, the poverty level for one person was something like $1,200 a month or, or below was the poverty level. I didn't even make the poverty level for one person and I had seven people to take care of myself and six kids. And, and so I could have either felt defeated and said, okay, well, this is my lot in life. I'm just going to work at a a nine to five job for the rest of my life. And I, I did, I tried. I actually was asked if I wanted to try the welfare to work program through the department of human services And I said, yeah, sure. They would pay for my daycare, which was $1,800 a month. And I was getting paid 
just under, I brought home about $1,200 a month after taxes and insurance, etc. So they were paying for my, for my daycare. They, I still got my full food stamp amount and I got a paycheck. So I actually got hired as a temp for the state, for state government. And I worked my way up and I ended up getting a, a more lucrative position within the state of Oregon in the Department of Human Services. And what I noticed is that everybody that was in a place that had made enough money to care for seven people was making about, mm, I would say, four to $5,000 a month. <laughs> because if I wanted to live anywhere but family flats in Little Salem, Oregon, I needed to make a lot more money than I was making if I wanted to not live in a shithole. And I say shithole by a lot of crime, a lot of violence, a lot of uh, dilapidated structures. Uh, I wanted my kids to feel safe walking to, to school and home. I wanted to feel safe at night in my own home. And I didn't feel safe in a lot of the neighborhoods that we lived in, but we did our best. My goal was to have some semblance of, of keeping up with the Joneses, I guess. I had something to prove for sure. I didn't want to be seen as that dope fiend. I didn't want to be seen as that mom. I, I definitely was never a PTA mom. I was never the mom that was like the soccer mom, the PTA mom. I never fit in. I never fit in with that, that crowd. And I knew it. I knew it physically and I knew it emotionally and spiritually that I just, I, I had a lot of prejudice about that and it was mostly against me. So I didn't feel good enough. So what happened? I learned that I needed a bachelor's degree. You know, the bachelor's degree today is like the, I heard someone say it once, the bachelor's degree of 2020 is the high school diploma of 1999. <laughs> so you kinda, even back then, I would have needed a bachelor's degree to get ahead. And then even a master's degree or you know, into a doctorate degree to have what I wanted or what I considered to be um, the life that I wanted to give my children and myself. So I remember going in for one of my appointments with at DHS and the woman said, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? Like, what, what are your career goals? And I said, you know, I want to work part-time and make full-time pay. She sat back in her chair and she laughed and she said, oh, we all do, honey. What do you really want to do? Wouldn't that be nice? And I said, actually, it would be, and I'm going to. That was the start. The, my little rebel self actually has a little bit of um, a helper in it, right? It has helped me in some ways. So what happened after that? I asked my soul, I said, soul, I am so tired. I need help. What do you want me to do? How can I get ahead here? How can I take care of my children? How can I not rely on the system? How can I get out from under this? I don't want my children to be generational, generation, generationally poor. I do not want my children to live in poverty for rest, or for the rest of their lives. I want to get out of this. How do I do that? I don't have an education. I, I, I can't seem to do it traditionally. 
I don't know anybody. I don't have enough experience. Help me. And I heard something once that said, do what, make your, what makes your cells tingle. Do what makes your cells vibrate at a higher frequency. Do what you love and the money will follow. Now, this was all theory when I heard it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds really nice and chummy. But what if? Like, what about me? Can that really work for me? So I started to really focus and prepare the ground for me to be rich. <laughs> and what I did was that I collected a lot of uh, information. I started to be interested in the power of now, the, the how, to, how to really cultivate riches, how to... Uh, what was this whole, you know, think and be rich kind of shit, right? So I, I wasn't sure if it was real. I didn't even really believe in prayer at the time. And so I started to do a little more investigation on that end. And I asked my soul, I said, what do you want? What would you do for the rest of your life for free that you love to do that you could actually get paid for? And that came about from what do I, what, what comes easily to me? What is my natural state of being? What is, what do I do well naturally? And the first thing that came to mind was touch. I easily reach out and touch people. When I'm standing and talking to next, I'm standing next to someone and talking to them, I'll reach out and touch their arm or their back. I didn't realize later that people had boundaries (laughs) until later. It's like, oh shit, maybe I should have checked in with them about that. So this was pre, this was my pre-consciousness days of not really knowing that, that people had boundaries or I, I, cause I certainly didn't. So I went with that. And one day I was, I was practicing Buddhism at the time and I was riding up to Portland with a group of ladies in a uh, trail, uh, like a, a little travel trailer. Thing. It was like a, a mobile home, motorhome, motorhome, I think is what it's called. And we're in the back and we're talking and one of my friends had a really bad headache and she's, she sat in front of me and she said, could you please just like rub this knot out? And so I was rubbing the knot out and I felt this surge of energy pass through both of us. And she said, did you feel that? I said, I sure did. And my hands got really, really hot right before she said that. And I could feel the muscle, the, the knot release under her, under my hand where I was pushing. And I remember that sa- sensation when I was a kid. My mother was a single mother also, and she was a waitress and she took, she worked three and four jobs at a time to take care of me, to stay off welfare. And that's a whole nother talk show I could go into <laughs> about my feelings around that. So what happened is that I remember massaging my mom in the same way and having the same experience. She would, I would massage her. I would feel the energy release. She would feel better and it would go on. I was helpful to her in that way. And it was helpful to my friend in that way. And I asked my friend about that energy and she said, wow, you are experiencing Reiki. I didn't know what Reiki meant. I didn't know what it was. Energy. I later learned it was energy healing and her, uh, universal life force energy. And so she signed me up for a class to go to a level one Yusui Reiki class with her. And that's when I realized that this is what I could do for the rest of my life. It just so happens you can make money being a Reiki practitioner. And I went, what the fuck? That's great. Okay. And when I found out what you could make was like at the time, six, 
it was like eight times more an hour than working a 40-hour week standard job with a high school diploma. And the, the caveat to that is that in Oregon at the time, this was, gosh, how long ago? It was 12, 12 years ago, I think, 13 years ago maybe. Uh, I learned that, oh gosh, it was more than that. It was, wow, it was a lot longer than that. I, I learned that I would, I would need to be a massage therapist in order to actually lay my hands on people. And I said earlier that I like to touch. Touch is one of my love languages. And so I signed up for massage school and I earned my massage degree. And I got licensed to do massage. And, and during massage school, one of the teachers had us vision what our practice would look like, what it would look like to be a massage therapist, what our, the room would look like, who our clients would be the decorations, all of that. So I really got into that. I dropped into a really beautiful meditative state. I drew it out in my journal, what it would look like. And I realized, and, and then I was coming up with an, I, I knew I wanted to be self-employed. I wanted to have all the things. And when I was coming up with my, the name of my business, I knew that it wasn't going to be only massage that I would be doing. In, because in my vision, I was doing a lot of things. Now, let me go. I'm going to fast forward a little bit, kind of backward and forward. What I notice when I have experienced people over time, even as a child, is that if someone spoke a different language, I felt like I was at a disadvantage because I didn't understand what they were saying. I wanted to understand them. I didn't expect them to understand English I felt like I was being ripped off because I couldn't communicate with them uh, where they were. And I really wanted to connect with them. And I still do. I love connecting with people. What I learned is that the same was true. It, my intuition told me the same was true about healing. Is that not everybody is going to benefit from massage. Not everyone is going to benefit from Reiki alone. Not everyone is going to benefit from sound healing and, and psychotherapy and recovery through the 12 steps and, 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 but everyone has a language that they speak in, in which way that they are able to receive healing. And so in your question, that was all of that to say this, I'm getting back to your question right now. You wanted information about your career path and your path and your purpose in this life that it's so big right now and that you could use some insight. And I, and I mentioned that it's not enough to want it, it's to be prepared for it. So I told you that story because I, in my practice, I, I named it Happy Spirit Healing Arts, meaning that that was the umbrella under which I would learn several modalities. I would learn how to teach people how to make drums in Native American style. That's part of my culture. I'm a citizen of the Cherokee Nation. I teach people how to make turtle rattles and medicine bags. And I do sound healing. I teach infant massage to parents and, and providers, uh, child care providers and grandmas and, and uh, whoever wants to learn it to take care of their baby. I am a Kundalini yoga teacher. I wanted to learn about meditation and how to, to heal through yogic science and philosophy. I'm an addiction, an addictions counselor. 
the shadow side of healer, is, a de- is addict. I wanted to learn about different ways to relate to people. I learned about metaphysics and different philosophies of religion because I wanted to learn about people's languages, their languages of healing, their languages of the way they are in the world, about gay and lesbian rights, trans rights, uh, about what it's like to be a person of color, what it's like to live in privilege in this body, what it's like to be, and and I have so much more to learn. I've barely scratched the surface. I've learned about crystals and rocks and plants and and natural ways of healing, and I'm still learning. I have, like I said, I barely scratched the surface about what there is to know. Numerology, um, God, you name it, right? The cool part of this is, is that we have the opportunity to prepare the ground so we can live on purpose, live out loud, create tools. It was told to me in, while I was in school to become a counselor that if all I have in my toolbox is a hammer, <laughs> everything looks like a nail. If all I have in my toolbox is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So I have all of these tools. So when someone comes to me and they present with a certain uh, malady, a certain, uh, they're off center, I can look at them and through my skill sets, through my, the education, through the lens of intuition, mired with my own life experiences, which I've had many, I'm able to help them. They are attracted to what I have to offer. And the amount, I would say amount, that's not quite the word, but the, the people who are attracted to me are attracted to what I have to offer, either energetically or skillfully or spiritually, whatever it is. And if all I have to offer is one thing, which is also fucking awesome, Right. I go to my dentist because he knows teeth. He offers teeth stuff (laughs) and I need him to be a specialist in that. I am a specialist in healing. And so I have a lot of different ways. And so I attract a lot of different folks because I share what I share. I know what I know. I'm still learning. There's still more stuff out there for me to pick up. I hope that helps. Please let me know if you need more information. You know how to get a hold of me. So my, to wrap it up, your career path and your purpose is indeed big right now. And all you need to do is be prepared. Really, there is no limit. It's all infinite. And pick a lane if you want to. Pick several lanes. You can't go wrong. It's only the right way. Blessings to you. Satnam. Thanks so much for listening. Hear you next time. Satnam.